playing online and on smart devices. Now on London Scotty Radio, it's podcast time. I'm George Matlock. Welcome to Scotty MOT, the health and well-being show from London's Scotty Club. As listeners may know, we have been discussing the cost of living in relation to raising a Scotty all of this month. It led to a poll which findings were read out on the show last time with Jackie Ash, and we also vowed to carry on talking about it today. No, not like a broken record, but rather to get today's guest's perspective on it. Because our guest today takes the credit for totting up all the costs of raising a Scotty. No pressure. Uh, We will also be looking at a topic that we didn't include in the cost of raising a Scotty, but perhaps we should. More about that later. So first of all, let me introduce and welcome back onto the show, Kath Marshbank, who's the welfare officer at the Scotty charity Stex. And hello to you. Hello, George. Great to have you back on the programme. So how does it feel to be Mrs Money? Oh, gosh. It's uh, listening to the um, figures that you give out last week with Jackie. It's a little bit frightening, isn't it? (laughs) Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Uh, We'll be looking at those numbers in just a moment. Um, So let's build up to that. Um, uh, But first of all, I should just say that, you know, we started this convo, you know, back at the start of May. And here we are now. And it's all your fault. But... No, seriously, your numbers were really instrumental, uh, Kath, and, and uh, you know, thanks to you, we've been able to work out a, a whole of life budget uh, plan for, for, as we now call it, um, through this program. So I think it's been really, really helpful. And I hope that a lot of people will, will certainly be uh, noting these numbers down and, uh, and letting us know how, how they feel about it, uh, because I think it's important to get listeners' feedback as well. Uh, but just to, first of all, recap uh, for the audience, the question that we posed in a London Scotty Club poll this month was, how much money does your Scotty cost you over five years, 10 years and 15 years? Well, the figures were really rather revealing, weren't they, Cass? Do you remember what they were? Oh, gosh, yeah. Very revealing, very frightening. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so a bit let's, scary. So let's go thinking. over these numbers quickly then. So, eight, so over five years, um, it would cost you just over £81,000 to raise a Scotty. Over 10 years, 155,000, and over 15, 228,000 pounds. We even joked that you could get a Bentley for that money and include two years of servicing, I think. Yeah. What did you make of that? Um, I'd still rather have the dogs than the car, like Jackie said, but um, (laughs) you know, those figures, um, you know, people don't realize how much it does cost to look after a dog properly and this is why we're seeing so many given up uh, to rescues you know not just the scotties but other breeds of dogs as well Mm. um you know the the local dogs homes rescue centers they're absolutely inundated with dogs you know people going back to work um you know not being able to afford to the upkeep of the dogs and uh, and handing them in yeah 
So uh, on the on the program last week, uh, we did share as well the breakdown as a word file attachment. If anyone would like to see that, in, inspect the numbers, you can find them on the previous episode of this podcast, as we now call it. Remember, these numbers were calculated at 2022 prices. We don't know what's in store in the coming years. Uh, but so the numbers themselves, um, I mean, when you were looking at these numbers, I mean, what did you have in your mind to say over five years what, what it might cost to, to own a Scotty? Um, I was probably thinking more 50 grand, yeah. you know, absolute tops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the figures that we put together, you know, some people might never go on holiday, so they don't have the, the kindling yep. costs or the holidays. They take the dogs everywhere with them. Um, you know, they might go to a caravan site where, you know, camping and caravanning where they don't charge extra for the dogs. Mm. So we've done it on the, the bigger scale, you know, where you are having to pay uh, per night per dog, yeah. uh, you know, extra money and, um, you know, feeding the best quality food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it is at the top end of figures, but it's it's also, it can be more than that because if you end up with a specialist diet, then you know we we didn't uh, take the figures on those specialist bags of um, that's right veterinary diet. Indeed, indeed, and you're you're absolutely right in terms of of the cost. So we we, we kind of played it pretty much uh, average. We we went for the kind of line of best fit, so for the middle, uh, we went for for better quality food. So the food that we we know comes from reputable manufacturers, uh, where the the food is produced in a in a way that we will be happy to and and confident to give to our pets. Uh, so they're not the cheapest products, but at the same time, they're not the most expensive, which would then be, as you say, in, we're going to another level if we're talking about specialist food for uh, dogs that have certain conditions. And that may be the case for some for some owners. Um, so in terms of um, looking at these these numbers, then, I mean, as I say, the breakdown is all there. Um, we, we actually took a figure of about six hundred pounds um, a year um, for the for the calculation for food. Uh, and as I say, some people will be able to, to shell out a lot less. We saw around 350 is the sort of baseline for this. Uh, but you could be looking at £1,000 a year if you're looking at specialist foods. Yeah. So all of these things to be taken in, into consideration. But, you know, even that £600 even over five years, you know, that is, what, £3,000, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. You know, we... We all live, you know, in the now, don't we? We don't look back at what we've actually spent, um, which I think in hindsight is a good thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, realistically, Absolutely. we, you know, we've got to look, um, you know, start with the heating costs going up and, you know, bigger bills coming in, price mm. of fuel. Um, you know, in the paper, it's just said that dog food is uh, one of the main things that's increased again in price and you're looking at a 10% increase. Um, absolutely, you know, so, absolutely. So Inflation the prices are, yeah. yeah. It all, it's all, it all adds up, and and of course, um, you know, even if your more conservative estimate, which as you say was fifty thousand pounds over five years, were, were to be the case, even if you, and and it may well be, it may be that that is the number that you're comfortable with quoting because that's what you think you need to spend. Perhaps you don't go ever go on holidays. Yeah, you look like the sort of person who never goes on holidays, actually. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised you ever get a chance to get a holiday and actually with all the hours that you have to do at Stex. Um, but no, seriously, though, you know, you may, you may have already have in your mind what, what it costs. Um, I mean, you're certainly no novice to having Scotties. I know you've had them for, had them for many, many years. But yeah. 
you know, so you've probably got an idea in your mind that that's the sort of budget. But even if it is just 50 grand as opposed to 81,000, think of it this way. That's 10,000 a year over yeah. five years. That's 10,000, which is basically your electricity bill. You Definitely. Know, at, at the new prices, the way things are going. Yeah. You know, so it, it really does. And, you know, and then you've got, you know, mortgages are going to get more expensive because interest rates are going up. The Bank of England is already raising rates and will presumably continue to do so if inflation is not brought under control. Um, and yet a lot of the factors that we're now facing are outside of the Bank of England's control, to be fair. Um, you know, what happens in Ukraine or what happens with oil prices and other things which are causing a lot of these problems um, are not within the Bank of England's scope to control. They can't change that. Um, no. So they, they have to live with the consequences, as do consumers, ultimately. And that's where, of course, the well-being of our dogs comes into it. So, um, but I think the numbers were very, very instructive. Now, um, I mean, do you think the prices will will come down? What do you think? Um, well, the prices of the dog has come down, you know, from mm. paying £3,000 for a new puppy uh, during lockdown. The prices did increase up to three grand. We've already seen a decrease in the puppy sale prices. They've dropped down to fifteen hundred pound. Wow! Um, because the breeders have found that people haven't got the spare cash to splash around, um, mm. Mm. you know, and invested into a dog. So there is a saving made there. But the dog still then needs the veterinary treatment. Veterinary prices have gone up um, because we've got a shortage of vets. Um, you know, the pandemic has meant that they can't see as many people, you know, they've had to clean down um, in between seeing clients in the surgery, um, you know, hygiene. So where they might have been seeing, one vet might have been seeing maybe 25, 30 clients a day. Um, those numbers have actually halved. Um, a lot of the trainee vets that were coming through from foreign com company, uh, countries, sorry, they aren't around um so we've got a vast shortage of vets so the vets that are working um of having to put the prices up um a lot of people are struggling to get their animals registered you know they buy a new puppy they ring up the local vets and the vets say i'm sorry we're not taking any on on any more clients Good so end. you know there's a big vicious circle mm. um so, so it's affecting things in two ways. It's affecting in the, the, the cost of these services, but it's also affecting the availability of these services. Even if you want yeah. to pay, you might not be able to get the service that you need. That's it. Um, you know, and we've seen the, the prices of vaccines going up, mm. um, you know, because it is really the shipping costs, you know, because the price of fuel, That's it. you know, it's sent everything skyrocketing. Mm. Now you, uh, I remember on the the previous program you were on a month back, you 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 said that you were paying fifty five zero fifty percent more for a bag of uh, pet food, um, uh, versus earlier in the year, and that's also it's all happened in a matter of weeks. Is that still the case, or has there been any further rise in prices? Um, for the the particular brand that I buy, that stayed at the same price on the last bag that I bought. Um, but who knows what's going to happen uh, yeah. mid June? You know, to the end of June, the wholesalers where I go to tends to you know price up for the month. So you know whatever prices they put on the beginning of the month, it'll stay there till the end. Mm. Um, but you know, with the grain prices going up, um, you know, Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, mm. um, you. You know, we've seen an awful lot. Even if you're buying a food that's um, grain-free, 
there's still other products that are going into it the oils and things which are mixed in with the food a lot of that is coming from russia and ukraine yeah that's right so yeah. Yeah, you I mean, know grain, grain is i mean U ukraine is grain as i always say and yeah it rhymes a bit but yeah i mean they're the fifth biggest exporter of grain in the world so Take that out of the equation and you can see immediately how that affects things. That's 20% of the production line out of out of the picture. So that's yeah. less supply coming through, whereas demand is not fading. And so then you, you get prices rising. I, I guess that um, the real problem is that prices won't come down because, I mean, a number of things. I, I think it's certainly true uh, that um, producers are, and retailers are looking at this and saying, well, we've been badly squeezed by the pandemic. In a way, we need to recover our losses, losses that we've sustained over two or three years. We can't really write them off, but we do need to recoup them somehow. So with the fact that prices are going up, in many cases, that may well be part of the driver for this. What, for, and part of the reason why the prices won't come down when they could later come down is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I, I think once people have got used to paying that higher price, um, yeah, exactly. you know, the, I, I very much doubt it will come down really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also another thing to bear in mind is, um, and this is where I, I'm trying to be more charitable towards um, to, towards the suppliers, is that I don't think for one minute that they're passing on the entire cost that they are sustaining of price rises. I think the way it works is it's one of testing the water. So they'll, you know, they'll put the prices up by 10% and then they'll monitor sales and see how has it affected things. Okay. If there's not more than a dip, they'll, they'll feel confident to put another 10% on down the track. Whereas if they find that suddenly sales have just disappeared, well, they'll have to do a price cut and probably go out of business. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really how businesses are, are pitched towards this. So they're not necessarily trying to reflect every last penny and put it through to, to the consumer. I think they're testing the water to see how much they can put on the consumer before the consumer starts resisting. That's it. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, we need that product to feed our animals. Indeed. So there's always going to be... Um, you know huge demand for it so unless we you know we all go back to home cooking for our dogs um, but then we're taking um, you know human grade food where supermarkets and butchers had, had planned to sell so much uh, meat you know for um, the human being and then we all start going to the butchers and buying food to cook you know meat uh, to cook for the dogs then mm -hmm. um, you know there'll be a shortage of food for the humans as well so does that that's a very good point um yeah and of course also what's all this about home cooking i, I don't know how many people remember home cooking I mean, so many people have been into prepared foods and fast foods and what have you that um the idea of cooking not only for the dog but perhaps for the whole family would be a, a nice one but uh, <laughs> you know but um yeah but it's a very good point you know that, that perhaps uh, that is w the way things are going to go i mean if I may ask, you know, how can people economise? I mean, can they opt, for example, for cheaper pet food brands, do you think? They, they can, um, but what you've got to be careful of is if you are introducing a new food, is you've got to introduce it slowly because a sudden change of diet can upset your dog's system and then you're down at the vet's, um, you know, mm. um, a pack of... Um, probiotics and uh, a yep. mixture to stop the runs in the dog mm. you know you even if you buy that online it was 15 pound last time i bought a tube uh, at the vets they charge 40 quid for it or they did mm. so you know it can be false economy so you've got to be careful that you know what you are changing the dog food for the brand it is a similar product like for like um you know not too big of a, a difference because otherwise 
is it know, also about the false brand? economy right is it also about the brand or is it also about what's within the brand in other words if you've got a, a, a company that makes uh, tinned food uh, and it makes lamb it makes beef it makes chicken it makes fish and various other things um, are you able to um, you know alternate between those cans every you know every day because the dogs you get can with, with some dogs you can uh, because they you know they they've got a good constitution mm -hmm. but with with another certain dog you know you might change the dog's happy with chicken mm -hmm. and you might just change that to beef and you know all of a sudden you've got an upset tummy um, yeah. You know, you do have a protein difference between the various meats. Um, definitely more oils in a fish. You know, if you're feeding um, a, a trout or a salmon um, or sardines, you know, you've got to look at the oil content. The fat content is very important for our Scotties. Mm. So just changing a different flavour can cause a, cause an issue. OK, well, that sounds like very, very good advice indeed. This is Jenny. I listen to London Scotty Radio podcasts when walking my lovely Scotty, Logan. It's the perfect accompaniment to a leisurely dog walk. I'm Eileen. I like to listen to London Scotty podcasts while chilling with a glass of wine and preparing dinner. It's Max here. I listen to the podcasts and the bubble bath for fab tips. This is Zelda. I like to do lino cuts of Scotties. That's what I do when I'm listening to the podcast. I listen to them for inspiration. This is Fraser, London Scotty Club podcast. It's a great way to end the day. Thanks, gang. Good to hear from you all again. Um, so um, let's uh, just go back to now part two of the programme. Unfortunately, we've just lost Kath Marchband. There's a technical problem um, which involves um, basically her power amp going out. Um, so unfortunately, uh, we won't uh, get uh, to, to share the second half of the programme uh, with her um, so she'll miss out on what I was about to say but uh, the good news is she'll be back in a month's time so thanks again Kath for being on the show today. Um, now as we uh, reach the middle of the year there is a deafening topic that we need to explore. As I mentioned earlier in the show there is perhaps one item that we need to add to the cost of a Scotty today. The holiday season. Now, we included the calculation of the cost of bringing your dog on holiday, as some hotels will allow them for an additional fee. But the accommodation on holiday might not be the only cost that you're looking at. If you plan to visit Europe, for example, there are other things to consider. Now, how has Brexit added to the cost of visiting the continent? Good question. And... I've got a very interesting thing to share here with you. As it so happens, I've just had a letter from my vet. There we go, actually two letters. Uh, one for each of my dogs, Peacush and Pudding. They're both Scotties. And uh, it state, the, the letter is basically the same print and it states the following. It's saying, Pudding's rabies vaccination is due to expire on the 23rd of June. The rules for pet travel to EU countries and Northern Ireland have changed. This means that Great Britain-issued EU pet passports can no longer be used. Instead, owners now need to obtain an animal health certificate for every trip made to the EU with their pet. An up-to-date rabies vaccination is one of the requirements for this. If you have plans to travel with pudding, please contact your vet at least one month in advance. Well, it goes on from there. So basically, the same letter there for both of my pets... And what's this all about? Well, 
First of all, it's rather amazing um, that the 23rd of June, which is stated in that letter, just so happens to be the sixth anniversary of the Brexit referendum in 2016. And right after uh, that uh, referendum vote, I did actually apply for an EU pet passport, which was still valid at the time. I have to admit, though, I've never used it. It's just a bit of paper. I made a nice souvenir, though, really did. And now they're no longer valid. So there you have it. Now, if you're like me, stuck with a, with a passport you can't use, and you maybe never did get to use, it, is only, it only lasts for a few years and then it expires. Cost me all of about £50 per dog to have that uh, EU pet passport. Now, however, in place of that comes a much more expensive proposal. Yes, unfortunately, it is more expensive. Uh, and that is that you need these new newfangled certificates. Um, they're called the Animal Health Certificate, AHC. And unlike paying £50 and then you can use the passport as many times as you like, for the lifetime of the passport. Here, you get a certificate for each and every time you leave the British border. And that is rather interesting. You'll notice in that letter it also mentioned Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, unless something has gone wrong here and Boris has given it away, is still part of the United Kingdom and not part of the European Union. However, it turns out that even to travel from mainland Britain to Northern Ireland, you need one of these certificates. So how much do they cost? What's involved? You need them every time you travel. That certainly stacks up. That's going to cost you. Well, it, it could cost between 250 and 300 pounds to have one of these certificates each and every time you leave the UK. So that's a pretty sore amount of money. Now, how does it work? Well, there are some good bits and some bad bits. Let's start with the good bits. Um, the good bits are that um, if you travel to one of the Schengen Agreement countries, so these are the countries in mainland Europe that have signed up to allow for free movement of labour and capital, um, it also means that your pets can travel through all these countries. So you basically are in the UK, um, you want to travel to France, uh, and you uh, plan to stay in Europe for a bit of a tour, travel around, it's all good. For £300 or thereabouts, you're looking at paying for this certificate to enter France. And having entered France, you can then travel through all the other countries of the Schengen without forking out more money. So you can then travel through, for example, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, all the way to Poland, and then down, down and around as much as you like, you know, go through Romania, all these countries. So that's the good part that you that once you're in, you can then travel around. It's valid for up to three months, so don't miss the ferry back home or your dog will go into quarantine coming back into the UK. And that's despite having a valid certificate. It's just expired. That would be pretty expensive and stressful for you as well as for your Scotty. So something to bear in mind. Uh, but for, for the three months, you can certainly travel uh, throughout Europe and then come back and it's all good. Um, uh, the situation and now how why is it up to 300 pounds well the reason is this depends on the language depends on which country is your first port of call um, when you go to uh, when you leave the uk um, if you're going to france you, obviously the certificate has to be written in french if it's going to spain it would be in spanish if you're going to germany in in german you're going to denmark in danish you get the idea so um it's that, that that determines to a large part because the vets actually have to fill out the forms and they have to do it in the, in the correct language. If it's wrong, then it will be invalid. 
So again, it's really important. And so th that's why it all stacks up. But the bit that's unfortunate is that it is only good for the three months. Um, if you want to travel more than once a year, you're going to be paying two lots of whatever it costs you. So you go twice to, to any of these countries, you could be looking at up to £300 each time you travel. Now, in the case of um, the Republic of Ireland, we understand that for because it, it, it applies on both sides of the border. So people in Republic of Ireland, if they want to come to the UK, uh, they get it completed in English, which is obviously the, the language of both countries. And so then uh, they will be paying something like we hear, um, according to what Kath was telling me in her research, 30 euros. So that's about 20, 25 pounds. Um, and then they can come to the UK for the three months period it's in the same way. I would guess I'm only guessing here, but I would guess it, it's a reciprocal amount for anyone traveling from the United Kingdom to the Republic of Ireland. Um, you will also pay the fee if you go to Northern Ireland. Now, as I say, part of the UK, but uh, apparently they introduced this because of the trading agreement for Northern Ireland, which is at the moment a very hot political potato, as you will know from the headlines in the news. Um, however, it's because of the, uh, an effort to try and stem uh, puppy farming and, and, and puppy trafficking across borders. That is why um, the Northern, Northern Ireland is, um, is applicable to this, this uh, new certificate as well. So there you get it. That's the whole idea. That's the story. It's expensive. And so it will be incremental. The more you travel, the more you'll be paying out. And um, so it's almost better, if you want to try and save some money, it's almost better to plan uh, well in advance a longer trip through Europe where you go into one country and you then travel through the others um, over a period of anything up to three months. Uh, that would be the most cost efficient way uh, to respect these regulations and then to come back in time so that there is no quarantine on the way back into the United Kingdom. Um, and if you follow those rules, it sounds like, well, OK, that's one way of doing it. But if you're a regular traveller and you've got a holiday home or somewhere that you want to visit um, abroad, it's going to start to get expensive. Something to consider. I asked Kath as well in her research whether she would take her dog abroad and she said not really, no. Um, doesn't see the value of it. The, hot, the temperatures are much higher. It's hotter. It's not comfortable for the for the pet. Um, and then you've got all these, these hassles. You need to have the rabies jab, which is part and parcel of the application for the certificate. And you need to have at least 21 days prior to travel to have the the rabies injection so you've got the, the basically the rabies has to be given to the dog uh, the the vaccination has to be given uh, a good 21 days before you travel okay that that was all that we were going to share with you in part two as everyone's now thinking about holidays and it's that time of the year uh, unfortunately without Kath on this particular juncture okay so um final thing just to mention to all of you a quick reminder that if you have a question about the health of your scotty uh, you can send it to us for the show. After all, that's what Scotty MOT is all about. So if you don't, uh, you don't even need to be a member of London Scotty Club. Um, but why not join us at terrier.scott now that I mention it? Uh, to send us your health question, visit scotty.scott and fill out the short online form. You can add photos or a short video if you think that that will help us to understand the issues that you, you're facing, and we'll endeavour to respond in a forthcoming episode of Scotty MOT. The show is um, broadcast every two weeks and airs Fridays at 9am London time. So my thanks again to Kath for being a great sport on today's programme. 
and wishing you all very healthy Scotties. Thanks for listening to London Scotty Radio. This and all our podcasts are available online at londonscotty.club. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to us from your favourite podcast player app. Also visit us on YouTube for fun videos. And if you have a Scottish Terrier in London or nearby, be sure to join us.